Hello. Oh, hello. I'm Sammy. And I'm Steve. And you're listening to Roast Plate Special, the most dramatic, actually, you know what? Scratch that. The most bromantic recap podcast of The Bachelorette ever. So wholesome. Such a wholesome, wholesome episode. God, I loved every minute of it. You know, it's interesting because all these all these years I thought I thrive on the drama. I want the drama. And now that I've gotten the opposite, I'm like, actually, I'm okay if it's like this all the time. Yeah. Just yeah. just dudes supporting dudes. Yeah. Love it. It's really sweet. I mean, I had yeah, I don't know. It's like my cynical heart became a little less cynical yesterday when I was watching it with my family. And I just, there's so many people on the show I love. And even some people I had minor issues with along the way, just mm-hmm. are lovely people. And just because I have a qualm with the way they handled something on the show doesn't mean I don't think they're good people. Yeah. Yeah. And, and that's the thing with, with this season too. I mean, there's a couple of duds in here. Oh, yeah. Uh, You know, and a few guys that I wouldn't be like, oh, boy, they're great to be around, I'm sure. But on the whole, if we look at just average, like the base goodness of everyone on this season, incredibly high. Yeah, leaps and Possibly the best ever. I really think it is the best group of men that have ever been on a season of The Bachelorette. It's wonderful. And it's so nice to see... I mean, not only do you not have all the, you know, toxic chest pounding bullshit, but you got a bunch of dudes who are willing to support one another and and stand up for shit together. And it's just nice. It's so nice. I love this season. Yeah, I think they're all really comfortable with who they are. And that Mm -hmm. shines through in, you know... And yeah, just all of their actions and everything that they do on the show. And it's very impressive. And yeah, it's like the first year that I've really enjoyed some of the bloopers too, because (laughs) seriously, you know, because they just, they seem to all have had so much fun together and they seem to be, you know, it's like, you know, that the people on the show, there's usually like a group of four or five who kind of hang together for a long time afterwards. And that's something we get a window into that with like Andy Dorfman's book, you know, and she talks Mm -hmm. about like her best friend from the show and everything. And that just, that's kind of natural. That happens. Everybody makes a connection with someone on, on the show and, and they end up, you know, being friends for a long time. But this feels like, yeah, the largest group Mm -hmm. that got along ever. And it's really fun to watch. And it was like the most enjoyable men tell all ever. It was so fun. And I was like, oh, I could. Wa-. And it was nice because like they did a little bit of yelling and fighting, but it was kind of like the people who were pretty dumb. And um, and also those got resolved. And then it was just like, OK, moving on. We're just going to have fun now. And I was like, this is kind of great that even with the conflict and stuff, you know, nobody, yeah, like even when, who was it who were, who were in each other's, it was Carl and Brendan, which mm-hmm. was like unexpected. 
Um, but when they were like right next to each other in each other's face, I wasn't like someone's going to throw a punch. Like I wasn't no. worried about that. And like Trey was like laughing the whole time. That's the thing. It's like <laughs> even when they're fighting, it's like they're going to make it to the other side and it's going to be fine. And I, I think we could all learn a thing or two from from this group of men because they really set a bar quite high. I, mm-hmm. I don't know if we're ever going to surpass it. Um, I will say, though, there's yeah. one downside to this. And uh, not to jump ahead too much, but I think this is thematically on point. We already knew that the guys were not good at insulting one another. And we learned this during the uh, the drag queen challenge. Right. Where they had to throw shade at each other. And they just, I mean, it was, it was basically all cut out of the episode. Uh, yeah. There's nothing there because they couldn't do it. They're all terrible at it. Yeah. There's this great, great scene in the, I think it was in the bloopers that they show where it was uh, during one of their, their sportsy challenges. And it's like, oh, you got to trash talk the guy shooting a free throw so he misses. And they're all just terrible at it. They're so bad. It's like the best is one of them's like, where'd you get that shirt? The shirt store? Well, you know who said that? Connor. Oh, Connor. <laughs> Come on. Yeah. But I mean, that, that's just, a, and it's not because they're not, you know, I mean, well, I don't want to say they're all not, some of them might not be too smart, but it's not because they're not witty or anything. They're just like genuinely incapable of being mean. Yeah. And that's very wholesome. It's really sweet. I just, yeah, they've all stolen my heart this season. I'm really so impressed. And yeah, they're never going to top this. But anyway. No. I was really confused and frustrated at the beginning of this episode. But now it kind of makes sense. Because I was like, wait, I thought we were going to hometowns. Why are we doing men tell all? So I knew something was up. Knew there was something Mm -hmm. in the the air. so, you know, it's like I knew I knew this was coming. I didn't think it was editing. I thought Michael was going to leave, you know, but yeah. it didn't make it easier to watch. I was so sad about that. And then and to watch his kid be like, maybe daddy doesn't doesn't love me. That's why oh. he does. I was like, oh, my God, this is I mean, so I, I don't have kids, but if one of my cats said that to me, I'd be devastated. Well, so I was watching this with my parents and my mom brought it was funny because she like proved her own point. But she was like, um, when when she left for her first work trip, my mom was a a guidance counselor for 30 years. Mm -hmm. And so she would like go for work trips and stuff, you know, conferences and whatever. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I was lucky as a kid because I had her all summer or most of the summer, you know, and my dad kind of worked a variable schedule. Um, but I was used to my mom being around most of the time because like during the day, I'd be at daycare or whatever. So this was like the first time that she had ever been gone for like a weekend without seeing me or whatever, you know, mm-hmm. however long she was gone. And she called home. I'm like two years old. She calls home to talk to me on the phone and I refused to get on the phone with her. Oh, my God. And I said, I'm busy, <laughs> <laughs> which is on brand if you know me. <laughs> um, but yeah, so I refused to answer the phone. And I was like, I can't come to the phone. I'm busy. And oh she said God. she got off the phone and cried. 
<laughs> and she was with one of her best friends, her coworkers, like I've known him since I was born, you know. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what's wrong? And she's like, Sam said she's too busy to talk to me. <laughs> so she, it was funny because then she was like, well, why do you even sign up for a show like this if you knew it was good? And I said, he probably was optimistic that it wouldn't be too much time and that his kid would be okay. Mm-hmm. And then when he hears something like this, it makes sense that he was like immediately gutted and freaked out by it. It, you know, and I said, think about you probably wouldn't have gone on that conference work trip if you thought something I was going to be that mean. Yeah, <laughs> you seriously. probably just thought it was going to be fine. And then, and then I say that to you and then you were like, oh, I need to go back. So it makes sense to me that, you know, and it's like his kid's been through a lot. I mean, not necessarily at all registering probably, but, you know, it's like, yeah, this is the only parent and he's feeling guilty because he could come home. But God, that was a really hard scene. I was like, crying i will be honest and i was so like his, i hate his this. wife uh passed away like like what a year ago or something it wasn't even that long ago yeah right yeah i don't Oof. think it was that long ago uh so it was really that was hard that was really yeah. hard um and and this and here was the things that were hard also were like katie was like i saw us getting to the end and and then he was like i feel like this could work Mm-hmm. You know, like in another in another situation, I think we really could have made this work. And he's like, you taught me how to love again. And I'm like, oh I can't. God. I can't handle this. <laughs> I can't handle this. Um, So that was all really hard. And yeah. I don't know what to make of all of that. And we can talk about when Katie comes out later, because I have a lot of questions about when Katie came out um, at the men tell all. But that was... It was like, here, we're going to rip your heart out and then come say hi to all the men again. And I was like, I'm crying here. Why are you doing this to me? <laughs> don't do this now. This come is on. Just, I don't I need to process this, you know, uh, but it was kind of nice to see. I mean, who knows how long we're going to get this for. But it was nice to see a real mental all with an audience again. Yeah, that was nice. That yeah. was a bonus. Yeah, I was like, this might go away by the next time, but this is cool <laughs> in the meantime. And uh, yeah, it was just really, the whole thing was very delightful. Um, I don't have a ton of highlights to share about it because I think it's kind of hard to recap mental all, but um, I thought it was sweet to hear the men talk about their first impressions of Katie. Everybody has good things to say about Katie. You know, like, it's just, it is really nice to he- to hear them be so complimentary. I think she was so welcoming and respectful to all of the men on the show who deserved it. And it's just really nice to see them all come back with, like, or most of them come back with, like, hey, no hard feelings. Like, we get it. You can only pick one person. But for the time that I was on there, you made me feel very special. And I was like, wow, this is pretty cool as well because I feel like it doesn't always go that way or people are just saying that but I feel like most of the men on the show just really enjoyed being on there meeting her and making the friendships that they did yep 
It's, um, it's not about whether or not you win on The Bachelorette. It's about the friends you meet along the way. <laughs> and the and the poop tea deals you get afterwards. <laughs> um, That's right. Make sure you get that poop tea money. Get that poop tea money. Um, or that gummy bear, you know, hair vitamin money. That's also that's good too. Not as good as the poop tea. Poop tea always the most lucrative. Remember sometimes that. Sometimes Fab Fit Fun, you know. Um, <laughs> okay, my favorite thing was when they they played kind of like a summary of the season, and then Box Guy goes, "That was a lot to unpack." <laughs> I didn't even notice that. <laughs> I was very excited when I uh, noticed that. I was like <laughs> writing that down. Um, there's my joke for the day. So. <laughs> It's a that good was, one. Yeah. And it was a package, you know. They they showed the package, the scene package, and then he goes, that was a lot to unpack, and it was boxed. Anyway, uh, I've done that to death now. Okay, so this is interesting because the, so, you know, we kind of, you always have to go through, like, the controversies in the house, and then and then you pull up the kind of most popular men, and then you bring Katie out, and that's kind of the way it always goes, right? Yeah. And there there weren't that many controversies so this part wasn't that interesting to me especially cuz they didn't really elaborate on anything like i'm curious did you see any of cody's posts i haven't looked them up no i have not seen any of cody's posts well now i'm typing and i'm sure you can hear me typing <laughs> um cuz now i'm like oh what were they you know cuz they were like troubling you know troubling um instagram posts or whatever because they said something about cody saying like in six months i'm gonna be famous and he was like it wasn't even related to the show and i'm like well that's bullshit mm-hmm. what else would it be in relation to come on <laughs> like what is that wrong stupid. like if he knew he was gonna be on the show like yeah you're gonna be famous for five minutes yeah that's 100 correct that's the other thing again we I mean, we talked about this before at nauseam but it's like Nothing these guys are saying is wrong. They're like, oh, I'm going to be famous. Yes, you are. Well, I, how do I know who, you know, Cody is? I should not know who Cody is. You should just be another uh, meathead man that I never have to interact with or see in my life. But he's famous. He's on my television. So you, you are correct, Cody. But it's just like, again, you don't talk about it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, That's, because there's unwritten rules that yeah, that plays That's the unwritten rule for sure. Yeah, they, they, it puts it puts the bachelor beyond the realm of real life, you know. And, and that's that's kind of the fallacy of the bachelor and the bachelorette as well is they're trying to say this is a real process, these are real feelings, these are real people really falling in love, and you know trying to make a life together. But also, there's a, a series of ridiculous contrivances that you have to deal with, and on top of that, you have to play by these unwritten rules. So, you know, you, you can say like, oh, there's, there's a, there's a difference between I'm falling in love and I'm in love and I have feelings for you. And there's all these like, oh, you know, uh, just all the words and the phrases, the bachelorette bingo you have to play to kind of track where these people are at in their relationships. And then, yeah, just all these annoying little things you have to deal with and how you can't talk about fame and all these other things. And there's just all these unwritten rules. So. Yeah, it's so this is a very long winded way of me saying there's nothing wrong with what he said. 
except for the fact that in The Bachelor, there's all kinds of weird rules that make you a bad person if you acknowledge reality, basically. Right. Yeah, don't- you can't you can't destroy the illusion and saying I'm going to be famous in six months is destroying the illusion. So, yeah, there's like, um, well, I've got two up. Well, I've got one thing to say and then an update because I just found something anyway. Um, there's this rule on like Bravo shows at the very least on Real Housewives shows where if you want them to stop filming or like when people want the cameras stop rolling they'll say like bravo 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 because uh-huh. like they try not to break the fourth wall on the show and acknowledge production mm-hmm. and so if someone starts talking about bravo they won't like include it kind of like you know on 30 rock um when tracy jordan does like start singing uptown girl <laughs> Mm-hmm. So that something doesn't get on the show, you know, sing something to the tune of, of Uptown Girl. Um, so anyway, it makes me think of all those things. And but yeah, it's like, yeah, you don't talk about being the bachelor or bachelorette. You don't talk about the fame. You don't talk about those things. First of all, then it's it's kind of going to work in the opposite direction for you. Yeah, because nobody favors people who talk about that stuff no one who has ever talked about this stuff on the show actually gets that stuff so it's in your best interest to keep that under wraps and not talk about it and just i mean the most important thing you can do in the house is form friendships really Mm -hmm. because that's going to get you the rest of the way you know you look at the people who come back for paradise or these hosting gigs or whatever they're the ones who took the time to form bonds in the house and then you see their natural chemistry with other people and it makes it easier for them to like get those gigs on or off you know bachelor nation shows Mm -hmm. so that's one thing also okay so this is coming from us weekly they have a podcast called here for the right reasons and apparently they have some behind the scenes intel on the men tell all and some of the things that were happening around that very interesting So apparently Aaron and Cody made up. um, Oh, that's cute. Yes. And so they kind of were talking about the things that were bothering them. But the thing that didn't make it on the Mentello was like they've made up. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Cody revealed at the Mentello all taping that he checked into treatment post show. Um, So he yeah, he was struggling. Uh, bef- uh, before and is now in treatment. And so here's, I'm going to read you a little bit of this article. Again, this is um, an Us, Us Weekly here for the right reasons kind of summary of the podcast. Uh, so Aaron said, Cody and I are cool. He's apologized to me. Wait, hold on. I got to say it like Aaron. Cody and I are cool. He's apologized to me in a lot of ways for the things maybe you guys didn't see that he did that made me not like him. I think that's pretty good, Aaron. (laughs) Uh, He goes, everyone just thinks for a reason. He was going through some issues and he was doing some pretty bad things because of those issues. And that's what kind of catalyzed him going into rehabilitation. That's his business. I'm not one to share that like without his blessing. Um, So apparently his problems with Cody stemmed from his like, you know, substance abuse. Oh, okay. Yeah. Which makes total 
sense. And I'm sure he did some really questionable things under the influence that bugged Aaron because Aaron seems like a pretty, you know, straight and narrow kind of guy. And I'm sure everybody to be respectful in a very firm voice. (laughs) Be respectful, bro. Uh (laughs) (laughs) I really just think Aaron's the best. Um, Yeah, he said, I'm glad he was open with it. And I support anyone trying to better themselves because I hope one day maybe they'll do the same for me. So I'm happy Cody's on a better path. Uh, So he's really. (laughs) So thank you. That is the end of my Aaron (laughs) impersonation. Uh, But yeah, so so that's a very positive thing to come out of that. And. um, Yeah, so that that's the stuff we didn't see, but that puts so he didn't want to say that on the taping until Mm -hmm. he knew Cody was comfortable talking about it because that wasn't his story to tell again these men are great nothing but respect for my bros absolutely love it so much so even when he was like I don't like you I'm not a fan of you he still kept the sensitive part quiet Mm-hmm. Until Cody was ready to talk about it. And I think that that's a good way to play it. Because he was obviously trying to keep everybody safe and good and thought that Cody was a liability. And I think it, you had to be vague in that situation. So it makes it makes perfect sense. Um, this article also talks about Connor. So let's... Was, is that the next thing that happens? I think it is the next thing that happens. So... Um, oh, Yeah. Yeah. Oh, also, wait, real quick. I just wanted to say that I I wrote this down that Trey, Aaron, and Courtney need to open a detective agency uh, just in response to the way that they were picking apart everything on the show. They're like, well, actually, on this day, you said this. And if you'll recall, you said this. Um, So wait, (laughs) let's get get into these things and then we'll go to Connor. Um, First of all, Carl and Brendan are the two most inconsequential men on the show and but them fighting made Brendan look good which was weird Mm -hmm. but like who cares I feel like a lot of the controversies like around Thomas and Carl and whatever it just kind of came down to who cares by this point yeah this is like non-issue stuff this is almost any other season we wouldn't even be talking about this it's just the show kind of digging deep for some sort of villain and drama when there wasn't that much to be had yeah so, yeah, it was just kind of silly. And here's and the weird thing was Carl was right, but again, it is an unwritten rule and I kept like snapping and pointing at the TV and flailing my arms anytime like Trey or Aaron or, you know, Courtney or whatever made like a valid point where they're mm-hmm. like you need to be specific. You can't just throw out a blanket statement and be like multiple, you know, like you're just causing Katie to get into her own head, feel insecure, you know, and like freak mm-hmm. out and, 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 and well, and they were like, okay, so you're saying multiple men. And then you're saying, of course it was Thomas. That's, I think Trey was the first yeah. one to pick so up who's on the that. other, who's the other guy, which is right. That's the, he kind of went back and forth between, oh, multiple, oh, you know, Thomas. And it's like, no, 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 you don't. Thomas is a freebie. Come on. And yeah, so Courtney was like, so that leads me to believe you actually didn't know anything. And that's the thing. It's like he was just saying that to, I don't know, put himself in a good position, raise her guard. I don't know what. 
and it backfired on him. And like Katie says later, well, I just didn't care about you enough. Yeah. There so you go. it's easier to just get rid of you. So well done, Carl. And I mean, I just wonder how his motivational speaking career is doing now because I don't, I can't imagine it's going well. Mm-hmm. No. Ugh, I, embarrassing. I, demotivational so, speaker. <laughs> yeah, that's, he needs to just completely rebrand and he'll be okay. Um, so I, something that you spoke on and I wanted to talk about with Hunter because he goes, is there a difference between being in love and falling in love? And I was like, yes, we all know the steps. So let's talk about the stages on on this show. Mm-hmm. People will say, I like, uh, okay, this is the order I think. And you tell me if you have a different order. This is the okay. order that I would put it. Um, oh, God. And I hope I remember this because I write it down. It's like, I like you. Um, I'm falling for you. Mm-hmm. And then they say, I'm starting to fall in love. Mm-hmm. And then they say, I'm falling in love. Mm-hmm. And then they say, I'm in love. And then they say, I love you. And I these are these are the fun. Order. Oh, yeah, you, you, you totally have it. Oh, yes, and thank you. Keep in mind, these are for the contestants only. Whereas, you know, the Bachelor or Bachelorette can only candidly say, oh, I'm starting to fall for so-and-so. But they cannot, 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 cannot use the big L word until the very, very end. Well, but. But if they break that rule, oh, then it's just. Because some of them have, you know. Oh, they have. But but what happens? Just instant backlash. Oh, you can't do that. Can't believe you said love. Um, Yeah. Pilot Pete is the best example of that. He was very reckless with the L word. Oh, very reckless. Very yeah. reckless. Pilot He's yeah. just reckless in general. I don't know mm-hmm. why they let him be a pilot. Um, yeah, stay home, flyboy. <laughs> I hope you're. I hope you're much more mindful when it comes to flying planes than it than you are to tending to hearts because <laughs> you're bad at that. You're bad at that, Pete. Um, That's right. Anyway, so. That was the thing, but that's the other thing is like, um, Hunter, I, I get where he was coming from. I don't think Hunter did anything that was all that wrong. And he owned up to the thing that he feels like he lied about. I think he got embarrassed and fell backed into a corner that there, he had a top four and he talked about it and he just like, didn't want to reveal that. I get that. Mm-hmm. That's awkward. You know? Um, and he was like, that's on me. That's my bad. I should have just said, yes, I do have. And I just got, you know, felt weird about it. And so I didn't. I can totally forgive that. And I think he did mean what he said when he said, you know, no, I I put a difference between these two things. And that's why I said yes in this instance and no in this instance to like mm-hmm. the in love, falling in love distinction. There are stages. So Hunter is right. So I have no problem with Hunter either, except for that he's got a bird named Zazu. Um, <laughs> that's my problem. But <laughs> makes sense. Um, but then, yeah. So Connor stands up for Hunter and was like, "Hey, there is a difference here." And James Box guy, like who invited him, was like, "Everyone's entitled to their own opinion." And Connor's like, "Yeah, and yours is wrong." <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, boom. Um, it's pretty funny. Like, 
I've said that to people. You're entitled to your wrong opinions because I am Connor. So let's <laughs> talk about Connor and how embarrassed I am to oh. be him. Oh, my God. This is OK. You want to talk about I, I constantly say this, that my love of The Bachelor and The Bachelorette is derived from my love of professional wrestling. Yeah. They are two sides of the same coin. OK. And this this Connor stuff is the most contrived professional wrestler bullshit I have ever witnessed on network television, okay? It's just, what what unfolds here is ridiculous and embarrassing and weird, but ridiculous. <laughs> well, and I'm going to give you the behind the scenes on that in a minute because uh, I, I got the scoop. Um, but yeah, it's like, my so my parents missed an episode. They missed like the episode, the episode oh. with the drag queens, with the kissing, with all. And I was like, you're you missed major plot points in the show by missing that episode. And I realized that because they keep going, wait, we didn't see this. And I'm like, oh, my God, you didn't see this. Like, this was important. Um, So anyway, the yeah, it's to rewatch that whole I mean, his his kisses are very uh, aggressive. Mm -hmm. They're yeah, very. I don't. I don't, I don't like his face. kissing style. Yeah, no. I mean, he was like, "Oh, I I called my exes when I got back and and just made sure I wasn't a bad kisser." It's like, bro, they're just being nice to you, man. Like, yeah, I think they were being nice to him. Um, although, so, like I said, I'm a lot like Connor, but I'm not a bad kisser. Okay, and I will maybe it's not the pressure. Accept that it could be people. You know, people all yeah. the time, they could be easygoing people and you, you put them on a stage and they rush their lines or they... That's true. They get they get shaky. That happens I, all the time. Yes. All the time. Yes. Maybe he is privately a wonderful kisser and a tender lover. But... <laughs> on his the students, stage, his poor students. <laughs> yeah, his poor students. Good oh, Lord. Connor. He looked like he was eating that woman's face. He uh, really, really yeah. did. Um, mm -hmm. she also kind of looks like Kelly Ben Simone. That's another nugget for any crossover Bravo fans. Okay. So here's, okay. Here's, um, us weekly again, the same article while Connor is set to appear on season seven of bachelor in paradise. He seemingly confirmed his single status by making out with the woman who has since been identified as Tara Kelly if a beautiful woman like that walks up on stage and wants to kiss me, I'm going to kiss her. She's gorgeous, he told us. Uh, since the Men Tell All aired, an alleged casting call for Tara's role has surfaced on social media that reads in part, at the end of the segment with him, a young, attractive woman, possibly you, from the audience would stand up and say something to the effect of, I saw your kissing on the show. I think you're very cute, and I know that you're not a bad kisser. I'd love to put that theory to the test right now. Hmm. Um, Connor, for his part, reacted to speculation that Tara was a plant from ABC. Of course she was. Commenting on Bachelor Nation. Oh, my God. Post, I mean, I didn't mind. Um, yeah. Are you kidding? This is the most, it was the most obvious plant of all time. Okay. Absolutely. I felt like I was in the Menards Garden Center. Just plant right there. Okay. She, and even the way she presented herself, like, Hey, sorry to interrupt. Wait, can you adjust the the, the cue card? I can't. I just want to say that I don't think you'd be a bad kisser, but I guess there's only one way to find out. Are you fucking kidding me? Uh, it was really bad. I mean, there's 
always plants. There's always plants in the audience. There's always mm-hmm. people that they're like, here, put this t-shirt on and be ridiculous. Like they do that. Every men tell all, every women tell all they do it. But like this one was just, yeah, particularly egregious. And apparently she's an aspiring musician as well, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. you know, so good for her. I guess she got, she yeah, got get that money. She got some attention and that's good. Um, yeah, it was it was pretty cringe and he really did um yeah he really did look like he was eating her face. <laughs> it was really it was bad. Um but here was the thing that I thought was actually kind of cute and awkward and something I would do is when he was like, Oh, I was checking you out before. <laughs> oh my god. I'm I'm just turned inside out. Um, <laughs> you know, and and the other thing is we we shouldn't be so critical because maybe his style of kissing is enjoyed by someone somewhere. Like someone right now is watching Little Shop of Horrors for the first time. They're <laughs> like, I want I want to kiss the plant. I would love to kiss that in its big gaping maw he and let it consume my face. Got Audrey too style for sure. <laughs> um. One time, I don't think I've ever, well, I don't think there was a reason for me to share this on the podcast before, but I'm going to share the worst kiss I ever got. Ooh, exciting. Um, Oh God, it was so, it was so bad. I still can't believe someone would walk through their whole, well, I mean, I guess we were like in college. So, but still, you should have had some years of kissing under your belt by then, you know? I was like a sophomore, I think, and he was like a senior. So there's no excuse. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, I'm like, you know, hitting it off with this very cute nerd. Um, You know, he's like, do you want to come over and watch C-Lab? And I'm like, yes, (laughs) of course. Oh, boy, Um, adult web. Sign me up. (laughs) (laughs) That's me. Uh uh okay his frat house had a ball pit in it so obviously Mm. you can tell i have a type (laughs) (laughs) trey had a ball pit in the back of the truck this anyway so yeah so anyway i go over there i don't even know how to describe this so i'm like very excited because i i was like you know there's that build up you know like oh my gosh he likes me he wants me to come over and watch adult swim with him this is very exciting And he goes to kiss me and he pushes his face so hard into my face. It hurts. Oh. And I'm like, how does he think this feels good? To the point that my own teeth cut into my lip and I start bleeding. Ugh. (laughs) Why? I don't know. And I don't remember the tongue being any better. I think there was a lot of force involved there, too. It was just like he was trying to suffocate me with his face. I don't know. Mm. I don't know. I don't know. Like, that couldn't have felt good to him either. Yeah, so I it's wouldn't like, think so. You know, it's like it's so like with Connor, you're like, OK, well, maybe you like that. Maybe you like all that weirdness. I don't know. Um. With this, it was like, how how are you not in pain? 
I don't, I still, I have yeah. no answers. I mean, it takes two to tango and it takes two to grind your faces together into dust. So yeah, you would think that the he would also be in pain. I had to break up with him quickly. I, yeah, maybe it's because... like a Hellraiser thing. Pain and pleasure, like inexplicably tied together. He's pinhead. Maybe he very well could be pinhead. Um, yeah, I have no idea. And I actually, I hadn't thought about that for a while, and it just came back to me. And I was like, that was weird. And I had to come up, but and I felt bad because I didn't want to be like, "We're I can't date you because you're the worst kisser I've ever experienced in my life." Mm-hmm. So I made up some other bullshit. I don't know what. I think I said it's not a good idea for us to do this because we were in some group together and I thought might make the dynamic weird. So I think we should probably not do this. But really yeah. what I should have said, I should have done him a favor. I was like young, you know, but I should have done him a favor and been like this kissing. No good. You got to change that if you ever want to get any because no one's going to like that. No, no one. No. It was bad. I really, uh, if if this sounds familiar and you kind of know me a little bit, maybe this was about you. And I and please write in and let me know if things are better now. And I'm sorry I didn't tell you uh, <laughs> 15 years ago or whenever that was. Um, you can email popculturediner at gmail.com and you let me know how, right. how your kissing is these days. And uh, best wishes to you. So... That happened, and yes, it was awkward. And then we get to see Andrew S., and yes, I didn't like the side he took, but I think he's a lovely person. I knew and you'd come around. <laughs> no, I do think he's a lovely person. I And here's the other thing he spoke to, because I was like, God, I just feel like he's just like yes-manning everything Katie's saying. And it was nice to have him address that on the show and be like, no, really. Mm-hmm. It was like everything she said. I was like, yeah, yeah, I feel, yes. Like he genuinely felt the same way. I believe him. Um, his date was my favorite. One of my favorite dates that's ever been on the show. I'm like, that's such a cute idea. And I want to do a date like that. So that was really cool. I just the fake accent. to As a first impression, I think was a bad choice. And that's all I'll say. I didn't like the side that he took. In the men's debate, no one's holding it against him. You know, he's very lovable. He's a really sweet guy. I just, I was being nitpicky. It's fine. And I think what he gave was a bachelor audition. Do you think so? Yeah, but I mean, yes and no. The thing is about the men tell all, this is an extended bachelor audition. And it, it's not even one that the contestants are are necessarily conscious of. Uh, it, that's what they're doing with these. They put them in these situations. They throw them these questions just to see how they'll react. And more importantly, how audiences will react to them. So this is a job interview for every single man that was there that night. 100%. But I feel like they really laid it on thick with Andrew to the point that I almost thought they were going to say, and guess what, everyone? Andrew's the next Bachelor. Because yeah, I, they, they, it was like, don't you feel like that? Like they were just like mm-hmm. leading him there. And Well, they, they certainly have a lot of good options. Although apparently yes. Con- Connor's off the table because I don't think you do a smoochy time plant 
if uh, that's going to be your guy. So, well, I don't Connor's know. going on Paradise. He is on Paradise, which also means because they already shot Paradise, there's no way that he finished with someone. Y- you know what I mean? Unless like, he didn't... they're very cool. Oh, yeah. Unless, yeah, they, maybe that he's in some sort of, yeah, open relationship with his Bachelor in Paradise yeah. uh, girl. Which in, or in which they case, just didn't want to spoil it, you know, and it was like, well, he's contractually obligated to kiss someone on the show, so you have to be cool with it. Like, okay. <laughs> um, you know, that's acting. That's acting. It's showbiz, it's baby. Talent. Showbiz, it's baby. showbiz. Um, but yeah, so yeah, I don't know. That whole thing is weird. I don't think Connor was going to be the next Bachelor anyway. I don't think he's a strong enough contender for that. Um, but I felt like they set up Andrew in the best way to be the next Bachelor. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they even kind of did that, like, oh, where are you at right now? You know, and he's like, well, I've learned so much about myself. And like, I felt like it was very much, and we have closure and you're moving forward and you have very lovely thoughts about Katie, but it's okay. Whereas with Michael, which I had a hard time watching that recap again because then I just got sad all over again. And I was like, why are you doing this to me? He was like, well, you know, if she wanted to, like, give it another shot, I would do it right now. And I was like, oh, um, well, that's not what a future bachelor says, is it? Um, so nope. that was kind of interesting. And I'm going to I'm going to talk about that more in a second. But first, I just want to say. I really I actually also thought that Caitlin's. The proposal, Jason's proposal to Caitlin was very cute. Yeah. I thought that was really sweet. That was good. And he starts crying. Oh, my God. And then she's like, I'm wearing a tequila shirt. And it was very cute. Um, I loved that. So <laughs> just wanted to quick make a note how cute that was, um, how sweet the men were to each other, all the loving moments. Very, very good. And then, and then Katie comes out. And... This was, okay, did you feel like Katie's answers were, like, super, like, pageanty, politician-y, rehearsed? It felt so weird, right? Because, like, there's always that weird thing on Men Tell All, Women Tell All, where the Bachelor, Bachelorette has to say things in a way that don't give away the ending, but they're usually a little bit more relaxed than that. Mm-hmm. This like, was very stiff and and icy and and weird. It was um, weird, right? Like I don't know if she was nervous and that was what it was, but like I like Tasha. I remember Tasha's not feeling like that. You yeah. know, like she was like I'm feeling, you know, like I she, she was very like relaxed, like I'm feeling good. Now, I have two I have two ideas about this because because Katie okay. said something to the effect of, you know what? I believe that everything happens for a reason and the way things ended, you know, are the way things ended. And that was, you know, that was that kind of a thing. Like she said that to Michael, which yeah. was also very weird and surprising. Um, there were a couple of theories floating around our house. One that my mom had that I'm like, God, that would be quite the twist is that she picks that she and Michael somehow reunite, but they're like um, being super cagey about it right now. Oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. Off. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and and he's being honest when he says, "No, I would give it another go because he already did." Everyone. He did give it another go. Yeah, yeah. So that would be lovely. I would be so happy. I'm worried that's not going to happen. That would be no. the best case I- scenario. I don't think we have that to look forward to, but I'm going to go, I'm going to go the Occam's razor on this one and just say, you know what? The the simplest thing that probably happened here is she didn't feel natural, like, or or, she felt overcoached. So this is what happens when you have, you you, you see this a lot of times with politicians who aren't very well seasoned Mm. and they get coached up, coached up, coached up before a debate. And then you watch a robot on stage. And that's what happened here. They were like, don't say this, make sure you say that. Don't refer to this. Don't refer to that. And she was so inside of her head that she just did this ice queen routine Form accidentally. Answers. Yeah. And because of who we know her to be normally on the show, it seemed it was even more obvious it than it could have been so with past naturettes. Yeah. yeah. Um. Yeah, that was very strange. Here's my other theory, which is not as fun, is that she ends up with no one. Yeah, that's also a good possibility. And. And she, and it really hurt and it wasn't a cool experience and it was very upsetting. And so she came out and gave form answers because she's trying to protect herself right now. Yep. Yep. So that's, that's my other thought because usually the, especially I feel like the bachelorettes, if they've picked someone and they're engaged they come out, they've got kind of a glowy deal about them, and they're answering things like, you know what, I'm in a really good place, I'm feeling really good, um, I'm really happy with how things are going, and I'm just excited for you all to watch it unfold. You know, something like that. Like, I feel like Tasha said something t- in that vein, and it's usually kind of like a teehee, I guess you'll have to tune in and see what happens, you know, <laughs> kind of a thing. But yeah. Katie was just like, yes, I do believe that what happened happened for a reason. It's like she's had to tell herself this a bunch of times. I really hope I'm wrong. I would like to see her end up with someone at the same time. I feel like Michael was the best fit. So, I, yeah, I just don't. Or, I mean, I, I don't know. I don't know about Greg. I just don't know about Greg. I. I feel like that's the guy she's gunning for the most, especially now that Michael's gone. Um, yeah. But I just don't know if he's ready because he, uh, I don't know. That whole thing, like the whole, like, I've got so much angst. Uh, all that stuff in the preview is making me nervous. So I just, I don't know. Like, I feel like I usually kind of have a read on how things are going to go. Like, I felt like with Tasha's season, I'm like, she's going to pick Zach, right? I feel like he's just like running right into the end zone. Like, like they were so good together. I was like, if she doesn't pick Zach, I'm quitting the show. <laughs> and I was just so happy when she did. I was like, well, that was the best option you had. Um, I mean, there were a de- quite a few decent guys on her on her season as well, but um, he was far and away the best one. So that was, yeah, I don't know. Those are kind of some of the thoughts I had. And then, oh my God, I felt so bad for Aaron. Aaron spent his entire time on the show protecting and defending Katie only for her to call him Thomas. My God. <laughs> My God. That was so Poor good. Poor man. I felt so bad for him. And he just gets up and runs away. 
This is like the greatest dunk of all time. <laughs> Thank you, Thomas. And he's like, I'm going to go just jump off a cliff now. Like, are you kidding me? He's like, and then he goes, that's my mortal enemy. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why I really enjoy Aaron. Because he gets it's ridiculous. Like he knows it's not really, you know, his yeah, mortal yeah. enemy. And but he can be jokey about it. I thought that was very sweet. Yeah. No, he he gets it. He gets yeah. it. Oh, yeah. He said on it. Um, well, and, and then we get the weird Zoom call with Thomas. Yes. What the hell is this? That was so strange when he was like, sorry, I couldn't be there. I was like, well, why can't you be there? I don't know. That was weird, right? Yeah. Okay. Now I'm looking. It also makes me think. Why wasn't he there? (laughs) Because Thomas was, you know, uh, Skyping in from an undisclosed location. Here's another theory about why Katie was so like steely and awkward. Do you think she had an earpiece in? Oh, maybe she might have had an earpiece in like for that conversation. And then there was other shit going on while she was talking. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That could have been, yeah, that could have been part of it. Um, oh, let's see. Wait, hold on. Oh, that's really sad. So apparently, some people. Wait, who got cut out of? Oh, out of women tell all. Okay. Oh, Heather. So Heather was on the women tell all apparently. And she had gotten completely edited out, like um, Virgin Heather. Anyway, so let's see. I'm just looking to see why he wasn't there or if there's anything. Hmm. It sounds like he he made the decision himself. I don't know what kind of excuse he made. It doesn't sound like it was like for medical reasons or whatever maybe he was like i've got work or so i don't know i, I think his reason was yeah well he either had work or he just didn't want to get dunked on a national television i think that's what i mean i'm saying i think that was the real reason is that he didn't want to get dunked on yeah but i but it's like yeah <laughs> i just saw a tweet of when katie called aaron thomas and it's just a bunch of pictures of justin reacting which was very good justin's reactions are the star of the season absolutely no question god i just loved it um yeah thanks thomas and good night there oh my god there's so many good tweets of all the of all the reactions to to katie calling aaron thomas like the audience and tasha and connor just being like i want to turn invisible <laughs> it's just really good. That was really good. But yeah, I mean, I don't know. I feel like Thomas got off really easy. Um Katie let him off the hook like you know, no problem. <laughs> oh, this is a good tweet. Are you an impractical jokers fan? No. What? Are you I, not? Oh, it's such a good show <laughs> and I'm not kidding. I can't I can't I listen. As someone who was like reared on the weirdness of like Jackass and, and Tom Green, I see Impractical Jokers as a as a deeply sanitized and compromised version of that. And every every day it's just like, oh hey, it's me, Sal Lasagna. And today we're gonna go in the grocery store and and fart by the sausages. It's like, way I, better. I Have you ever watched the show? 
It's, I mean, how can you not? It's ubiquitous. I think it's, it's like way the only better thing on that. TV. No, I love the show. I absolutely love the show. I also love that uh, Key was friends with Justin Broiland. I think that's wait great. A second, wait, what's, what's that thing that you said that you tell the people would, would you disagree with them, but you think they're wrong? Oh, <laughs> you're entitled, you're entitled to your, to your wrong, your opinion? wrong opinion, Steve. Um, it's okay. I mean, you're, this is you're a show beloved to by your wrong opinion. <laughs> This is, this is a show that is beloved by you know millions of Americans. I realize that I am in the minority here. I just it's a it's I, just I, good I, clean fun. It's just good clean fun. It is quite clean. Yeah, yeah that, maybe that's the problem with it. Too very, squeaky for me. It's very <laughs> sweet to me. Uh, but anyway, there's a very good. I just like that they enjoy each other's company so much. Just like this season of The Bachelorette, the men enjoyed each other's company so much. And someone mm-hmm. tweeted. Uh, at reality TV Libra tweeted the bachelor producers now tell Katie to call Aaron Thomas hashtag the bachelorette hashtag bachelorette. And it's a, and it's a, an image of impractical jokers of them in the back. Like after they've told, you know, Joe to do something ridiculous or whatever. (laughs) And I just love that's, that's very specifically speaks to a Venn diagram of my interests. And I enjoyed it (laughs) anyway. Um, I knew someone who worked for True TV and we talked about Impractical Jokers a lot. Anyway, um, and she was like, you watch True TV? And I was like, I, I've actually watched several True TV shows. And she Real was like, true oh. head over here. She's like, thank God. <laughs> anyway, so Connor sings a dorky song and it was cute. And it was funny because my mom was like, oh, here he comes with the ukulele again. And I was like, you realize that I'm Connor, right? <laughs> You're, do you hate your own daughter yeah how dare you i said have you even been listening to the podcast because we cover this and uh i said yeah i i you know and i mentioned that in one of the episodes i was like connor pick a thing and then i was like wait that's just me yelling at myself and i need to be nicer to myself i thought connor's song was very cute i loved that it was about bromance i love that he got all the guys to sing along with him that was all so sweet. And yeah. I'm all for it. If they want to go in this direction again, I wouldn't be mad at it. It was a very nice season. But you can't manufacture that level of friendship. They all just happened to think they were all great. And mm-hmm. it was super cute. I loved that scene And here's the thing. And this is another thing that made me go, okay, fine, Andrew. I loved that scene when they were all talking in, you know, like a a posh accent. Oh, yeah. That's. It was so cute. (laughs) It was so cute. Oh, I was like, I love this. I said, I would watch that for two hours. (laughs) That's like a minor theme on this season. Like this season's all about like bromance and uh, you know, positive male role models and being yeah. a good person. And also, like, it's kind of about fake British accents, too. Yeah, it is kind <laughs> of about fake British accents and mimed wine glasses. And I'm fine mm-hmm. with it. I'm here for it. And I love that they thought it was really funny. And they were just entertaining themselves. Yeah, I do enjoy watching them, like, yeah, just kind of crack themselves up, you know? Yeah, they just make their own fun. It's cute. I'm here for it. It was very good. Um, yeah, so, so it was a nice, I think it was a nice episode all around. It was my absolute favorite men tell all, even with the stupid cringy kiss stuff. It was my favorite men tell all. And I am really, yeah, 
I am really interested to see what happens because mm-hmm. it seems like they might all just like drop like flies, except Justin's probably all in and she dumps him. Yeah. So it seems like Blake might pull out and Greg might pull out. Which is insane because it just seems to me like uh, Blake just seems like the natural winner. I don't understand. I don't want that to be a, a thing, though. So if if Blake pulls out and then Greg pulls out, what what do you got then? What it- <laughs> you? I mean, that's what I'm saying. That's why I think she might end up alone, or they're they're playing the greatest trick on us of all time, and Michael comes back. Mm-hmm. Those are really the only scenarios that I can see. Because I don't know. I don't think Blake is compelling enough or mature enough. And I wouldn't marry him. It seems personally. like he's he eventually kind of owns up to that. But I don't yeah. know. It's hard to tell. It's really hard to tell because we've had these situations before where you get to almost the end and a whole bunch of dramatic stuff happens. And they're like, I'm not cut out for this. I want to leave. I want to go. I'm trying to remember who it was do you remember oh my god i'm having memories of somebody sitting on the ground and not heading to like the final rose ceremony because they were so conflicted and then they finally got in the car do you remember that oh god no i mean it's always dramatic because how could it not be you know it's just like well you've known someone for a month and now you need to commit your life to them in a grandiose way. And if you present yourself wrong on TV, everyone will hate you. Like, God, I would I would have a meltdown personally. I'm just trying to remember who it was. I, I, and for some reason, I'm remembering a blonde lady, which isn't helpful. God, I'm trying to remember. Was it Hannah? Mm, yeah, that was it. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, she like, which I mean she was right to do and then she picked the wrong one so yep that was a bad that was a bad idea she really didn't do very well there did she um i'm looking through all these i mean the bachelorettes have a much better track record than the bachelors do oh sure yeah like a lot of them are still we've got one two three four five six bachelorettes are still with the person that they picked that's a lot i mean that's a good amount out of out of 17 that's pretty damn good um i'll I'll take those i mean 33 percent, and most of them knew their fiance slash husband for 33 days probably before they married them right (laughs) not bad i'm still shocked that desiree and chris are still together because i didn't even see it (laughs) <laughs> like not real like they got engaged and i was like really that was the one that i just like never understood mm-hmm. um but here's the other thing that's really interesting every season of the bachelorette outside of one that was kind of like a asterisk technicality has had a proposal mm-hmm. every single one so the yep. bachelor hasn't always ended in a proposal but the bachelorette always has also, I don't remember that Robbie was the runner-up in JoJo's season. I 
blocked that out of my mind. <laughs> Just something you shouldn't think about. And I love that Nick Vile was runner up two bachelorettes in a row. That feels good. I what like a that. Loser. Um, <laughs> That's kind. <laughs> The That's kind of loser so where he's funny. emotionally devastated at the end of the day. Oh, my God. Nick. Ridiculous. Um, but, yeah. So, Trista and Ryan are obviously still together. Desiree and Chris are still together. JoJo and Jordan. Rachel and Brian. Um, Claire and Dale ap- apparently count as a yes. Um, and then Tasha and Zach. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. I mean, that's, yeah, really, really interesting, though. Yeah, I just thought about. About Hannah. Oh, God. What a bad trick. You had Tyler to Cameron. And you said, <laughs> no, thanks. Who needs him? Stupid. Yeah. Not Hannah. great. So dumb. Um, And then he was like, I'm going to go date Gigi Hadid. Which is a big time flex, by the way. Like, Incredible. I mean, come on. Like, <laughs> I wish I were. I, I need to memorize that Lady Gaga thing, you know, where she's like, incredible never been done before i like need to have that memorized because i think about it all the time and i want to say that right now but i don't i never get it right okay that seems like a good place to close uh i'd say so and uh yeah i just don't know what to expect so there isn't oh yeah hometowns are next week and then we have the finale so it doesn't sound like we have any weeks in between so we'll be back here next week with what are sure to be incredibly interesting hometowns, I think. And, um, and who knows where we go from here, but until then take care of yourselves and others. And if you're in a hot area of town, please stay cool. And while we're recording this, there's apparently a derecho coming for our state, which I don't know what that's going to bring tonight. So, so please be safe and, and think about if you need a generator, if you're listening to this. And uh, yeah, be well. Yeah, don't do needle drugs. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I'm walking here. <laughs> I love the idea of the theme song just cutting off me going, come on. Oh, my God.